Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison, here's Dave Cribb. Ahoy hoy, how are we? I'm good, I've just I've just watched Leeds win, so that's good. Oh, the football, yes. The football, yeah. A, a last minute to goal, I believe. What, 88 minutes was it? It was very late on, yeah, very late on. Yeah. Uh, this is weirdly a vested interest of us both now, because I've, through bizarre... Um, sequence of events started a Leeds United podcast with loads of other people I know that support Leeds United. So now I have to apart from me. Well, now (laughs) 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 I can't do all my podcasts with you, Pete. We've already got two. Wow. Apparently not. I don't think there's much crossover between. I think I am probably the only crossover between this podcast and that one. So yeah, it was um, in, I was I was wondering if if it was even worth plugging it, but I imagine you I are. I don't the, think it is. Actually, Simon, yeah. who uh, my best mate from school, who was on yeah, course, very early yeah. episode, is also a big Leeds fan. Um, but he already knows about the Leeds podcast, so that's that's basically my market crossover done. But mm. you know, if anyone does know any Leeds fans, it's called doing a Leeds. So go and tell you t- tell your mates. <laughs> Should we talk about Friends? Yes, let's. Why the hell not? Um, and let me get up this week's request. Via what medium did this uh, request come? This bump came via Instagram DM. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago we said, like, if you have done a request and we have, you know, not gotten round to it, chances are it's because it's been lost in the admin and then they've all come out of the woodwork now and we've basically been dreadful admin pieces. Now, not only have we got a queue of people requesting episodes, we've got a separate second queue of people (laughs) reminding us that they have already requested. It's like a queue jump system, do you know what I mean, at the theme park. And I can't, I could, we could barely handle one queue, could we? Speedy borders, like off of um, <laughs> Ryanair. Easy, Easy jet, jet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is from Jen, another of our most loyal listeners, as we had last Jen. week with Joe. Uh, hello, may I nudge slash bump here? So Jen's changed her mind, actually. So maybe the bump wasn't the worst thing in the world. So she originally requested Massapequa. Okay. Um, but I'm here for a new suggestion now. It's going to be an outcry now because Jen's uh, got into the queue jump queue with her token that says Massa Peacock on it, and she's going to get to the front and go, I'm changing my mind. I want to go on a different ride. How do queues at theme parks work, Pete? And does this metaphor work at all? I'd I say no. I no, think I've lost no. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's one episode I'm desperate to hear you two talk about and destroy. Oh, interesting choice of destroy. Oh. 
Have you done the one with the inappropriate sister? Oh, Jen, do you know what? No, we haven't. We haven't indeed. But guess what we're going to do, Pete? Uh, should we do it now? I think we'll do it now. Uh, she says, P.S. Loving friends with Joey. Thanks, Jen. One Joey more. with friends. Joey with friends. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Loves it so much she's got the name wrong. Yeah, but to be fair, I couldn't get it right either. So yeah. it doesn't scream uh, much hope, does it? Of no, course, that's only available on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash friends pod. You can just go and get all the uh, episodes out free in a day early and get friends with Joey. Joey with friends, whatever it's called. There you go. Little small, <laughs> that was like the small print on a radio ad, wasn't it? God, that's a lukewarm plug, that was. <laughs> Shall I read the synopsis, Peter? Go for it. So it is series five, episode 10, the one... With the inappropriate sister. Uh, During his forced time off from work, Ross, who is bored, encourages Joey to write his own screenplay, ultimately causing friction between the three guys. Phoebe becomes overly aggressive, collecting money for the poor in the run-up to Christmas. And Monica sets Rachel up on a date with Danny. But Rachel quickly loses interest after Danny and his sister act overly affectionate with one another. It does not reflect well on Friends that I was not immediately clear which inappropriate sister plot this episode title was referring to. Yeah, there's many, aren't there, actually? Yeah. Um, Where do you want to start, then? So we've got Phoebe's Bell, we've got Rachel and Danny, and we've got Joey's Screenpace slash Fireball. Let's start with Phoebe. Yeah, because weirdly, it's just like a strange one, this, isn't it? It's sort of Phoebe on her own, for the most part, um, just being a bit Phoebe. Uh, but she's decided she wants to spread some joy for Christmas, hasn't she? So she, she she signs up to collect money and she gets this good plot because she lies, basically, that she can say... What, what did she say? Sing Merry Christmas in 26 languages? Yes, but then all we actually see her do is uh, say Merry Christmas in Spanish. Feliz Navidad. Yeah, and to you. Um, we, know she, we know she speaks fluent French, so she could have popped that one in. So that's three, to be fair, which is which isn't terrible. And the Christmas decorations pretty extreme in Central Perk. Yeah, I mean, it's very. Um, this is a Christmas episode, isn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> They're really keen for that. But strangely, this is the only Christmassy bit of the whole. It's like quite often the Friends Christmas episodes are very Christmassy for the whole thing, aren't they? But this is kind of. It feels almost a bit like an afterthought where they've gone, shit, we need a Christmas thing. Yeah, it's a subplot for the other stories, isn't it? Yeah, because Fireball's not Christmassy, is it? And the Rachel and Danny thing's certainly not Christmassy. Nope. It's very much the opposite of Christmas, like a sort of inappropriate Christmas. I would say that sexual tension with your sister is not particularly Christmassy. <laughs> Uh, no, I would absolutely agree. Um, it's not. It's a, it's a time for the family to all come together, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> but not that much. Not like that, though. Phoebe comes in and she says, I've already got my bell, and later on I get my bucket, which seems like an overly inefficient system for them handing out the bell and the bucket. Yeah, you'd hope to get them at the same time. <laughs> I'd say so. I think there's there's something to be done with the system there. And then the rest of this is... is I'd say what this is, and, you know, this is going to be the point where people go, well, it's, going, it's a sitcom, but this is an overly implausible plot line, isn't it? You know what yes, I mean? charity work and aggression don't usually go hand in hand. Yeah, I just think it's, it's it, it escalates so quickly in the sense that people are dropping trash into it, people are dropping, like, lit cigarettes, like, if, <laughs> if, and, and we are led to believe that someone's literally got their dick out and pissed in it. Yes, like, I do think I do think you're assuming it's a man that did that, uh, Dave. Well, only because um, she says urinal, and uh, they uh, are traditionally enough, yes. a male uh, receptacle. It's true. Apart from at festivals. Oh uh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, look, it may, maybe it was too much to put in the script. <laughs> Does this look like a urinal uh, coupled with a shiwi? 
Yeah. Um, I I do think I, I know that the whole point of this this part is to really highlight how ignorant some people are as they pass Phoebe with her bucket. But I mean, there's one person who drops a cigarette in there and literally sets fire to the cash donated to charity, <laughs> which is is really really pretty low, isn't it? That's what I mean. It just it does feel like like I guess this is. When I was watching this as a youngster, it was one of those ones where you go, oh, God, New York seems pretty, uh, pretty fucking bleak, doesn't it? And I wonder if that is the sort of the, the sort of jokey undercurrent that they're going for about yeah. New Yorkers being dreadful. But yeah, it does. It, it feels extreme on pretty much every level, doesn't it? Very much so. I do enjoy look out for that bitch about the old lady. Yes. Who's that old lady as well, Pete? Did you notice? I, she does look familiar. She's off of the Vegas episode. She's the lurker. Oh, is she? Yeah, which is in like 10 episodes time. Like, come on, guys, get some other actors. There's... And again, it's Phoebe who has tension with her. Yeah, the exact same like interaction. Very, very... She, she's like the um, she's like the Lex Luthor to uh, Phoebe's <laughs> Superman. Just super villain ke- keeps popping up. <laughs> Imagine that was their, their season arc all the way through. <laughs> no, it's, it's deliberately the same actor, guys. We deliberately signed her up for a two-episode arc. She comes back 12 weeks later with a vengeance. Um, there's a little classic Friends timeline incident here as well. Where So the, the joke is when the uh, cigarette gets dropped in and everything sets on fire, Phoebe grabs what she believes to be, what, a coffee? And chucks it on the fire and it turns out to be, I mean, pure ethanol by the way yes, it quickly it- lights up. It goes up like a bonfire, doesn't it? I don't. Have you ever tried to sort of like make alcohol burn? It's a lot harder than you think, you know. Have, have I ever been an arsonist um, <laughs> or, or a mixologist, Pete? Uh, oh, that's that's a fair point. Um, no, neither of those things. Neither of those things. I wasn't, asking, I wasn't trying to uh, entrap. Back when you I was here. fourteen, and I'd find a few uh, old sheds to set fire to at the weekend. We got him, guys. Move in, arrest him, arrest him. <laughs> this has been a really long game to get you to admit to those. Uh, previous Busted. transgressions uh, but yeah i mean there must have been a very high alcohol content in that drink anyway but then she goes it's nine it's nine in the morning sir or something like that but this is at the exact time that ross is just getting home from his day and joey's supposed to have written five pages and they've been playing fireball for hours so timeline problems that's true i do enjoy the line no more mrs nice bucket yes Yes, that is good. Phoebe is a good Phoebe episode. It's just yeah, know, the, it's bubbling the, in the background, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's a good Phoebe episode. It's like a good Lisa Kudrow bit, um, and it all it all really fits in the Phoebe personality, doesn't it? Like yeah. it's a nice do goody thing. She gets really swept up in it and gets angrier and angrier because of the way the world's treating her. Um, but yeah, like you say, it it, it it sits in the background. And for a Christmassy episode of Friends, all we really get is aggressive christmas so hmm not sure they've not sure they've quite ticked that off the list have they a little uh cameo very short cameo from estelle yes but it's it's a nice little cameo isn't it where she she offers joe the opportunity to do gay porn doesn't she <laughs> it's it's so it's one of those things where it stands out so much that line doesn't it like in this sort of mainstream quite cozy i know friends does touch on like sex stuff and and uh, you know uh, adult themes yeah it toes the line it, yeah but it's usually within a you know that sort of thing where you watch it and you go maybe kids wouldn't necessarily know what that's about yeah uh, because of the way it's described but this one is very much just like joey's like what else have you got it's like gay porn and it's like oh my god <laughs> that's the punchline to the scene yeah well. right on the nose there 
Um, and a reference to Talia Shire, who apparently gets a gets a part that Joey should, you know, she gets the part. And at that time, she'd have been in her like a mid fifties. I don't know who that is. She's in like The Godfather and all that sort of stuff. But right. like, just a, a famous American at this time, middle aged woman who's apparently. I don't know what this is saying, whether she's really good or Joey's so bad at acting that he can't get a part that's literally his entire character, you know, 29-year-old actor from Queens or something. Um, But yeah, it's a a strange little scene, ending with a big gay porn punchline that basically just sets up this him doing his own goodwill hunting thing, isn't it? Yes, and that's the Joey plot, isn't it? Him trying to create his own work. Yes, amidst Ross. I'd say this is... I mean, you're the Ross apologist here on this podcast more than anyone, I'd say, Pete. But can we all agree this is the nadir of Ross? This is the worst Ross era, isn't it? Yes, yeah. There there is no sort of funny, redeemable quality to Ross here. No. Have you noticed at one point... um, well, he, so he starts by reorganising the fridge, doesn't he, Ross? Yeah, that is a funny which, scene. I do enjoy that a lot. That is something I've done multiple times in 2020, which is probably a testament to how little there is to do. Have you really? I have actually reorganised my fridge a couple of times. You know those days in lockdown where there was very little to do? I thought, right, yeah. tidy the fridge, clean it. Yeah, Bam, no, it does happen, doesn't it? I've, I've, I've been, more than anything in 2020, I've put my washing away much more quickly than I usually would have done. You Defrosted know, you my get, freezer the other day. I need to defrost my freezer, Pete. It's an absolute icy mess. Mm. It wouldn't close the other day because there was so much ice at the front. I had to do a bit of chipping it out. Oh, absolute shambles. Ross is also, um, at one point, polishing the metal bars on the foosball table. Yes, he's really gone full. I've got nothing to do at all, hasn't he? Although then spends the whole day out somewhere while Joey's writing. Where is he? It does feel a lot like Joey and Ross are in lockdown, doesn't it? At home, (laughs) trying to be productive. Chandler invents a game with a spoon. Well, this is the thing. It's like Chandler's supposedly the one with the job and lots to do, but he spends half his day before they get to actual fireball just trying to flip a ping pong ball into a bowl with a spoon. While wearing an awful shirt, waistcoat, tie combo. Oh, there's some very odd fashion choices. Did you notice Ross's fleece? Yes, I did see the fleece. And also there's a bit where Chandler's wearing a Christmassy tie, which <laughs> just looks like some sort of joke present you'd give someone for a, like office secret Santa. I'd, I'd love to talk to the producers at this point, because between the very quickly rushed Phoebe Christmas plot line and the fact they've clearly just gone, anyone got any Christmas clothes at all? It feels like they forgot it was Christmas, you know? Chandler is the worst dressed in Friends, isn't he? Other than Gunther, perhaps. Yeah, but if we if we remove Gunther from the main six, yeah, I mean Chandler's consistently the worst dressed, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, although in the early days, it's a real toss up between everybody because. But then I think we just have to write that off to nineties fashion, don't we? Yeah, nineties in it. Nineties, yeah. So then Ross sets Joey this homework, doesn't he? <laughs> Go and write your own screenplay. Um, there's there's a lot of funny lines in this. You know, the, there's the all you have to do tonight is think of your main character's name. And Joey goes done, and it can't be Joey. It's not or Joseph. Oh. Um, <laughs> And I, I, every time I hear the word suspicious, I think of the line, I think this character is going to be suspicious about stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of funny little uh, lines a- a- across this uh, storyline, including the final script that Joey does produce, which is basically to get Ross and Chandler to apologise to each other. Um, I mean, jo- I'd say Ross should have abandoned this project a long time ago because based on joey's attempts to actually write something he is not a good writer no it's very true what is up i love the way as well that the others perform it so ross and chandler when they perform the apologetic one Hmm. chandler's sort of stilted fake i'm reading this 
sort of 10% acting it is great. Yeah. And then it's also great when Monica and Rachel then do it afterwards. Yeah, that's um, a classic sort of weird Joey creepy ending, isn't it? Yes, but did you spot you can actually see the next line on Monica's page? Yeah, it's something about sitting on a lap, isn't it? So I paused it because I saw that the glorious Netflix HD enabled you to see what it said. And the line which she objects to is, Tiffany, if you sat on my lap, I would be able to really appreciate how great you smell. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's descended very quickly, hasn't it? Again, this goes back to the slightly... I mean, this is a whole episode about inappropriate relationships, but again, Joey, just stop trying to get your female friends (laughs) to have sex in front of you, which is basically what you're trying to do here. Yeah. I like that they printed out a full script, though. That's that's class. Yes, it, it was actual photocopies, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a good old little detail, isn't it? Commitment. Uh, Fireball itself, I'd say, deserves a little nod to us, doesn't it? Incredibly dangerous. So it starts with the reference to... The, what's the darts they play? Something darts. Uh, I can't remember. Bullet darts or something like that, was it? Oh, I can't remember at all. You know, where Joey punches the, the hole in the wall. Yeah. Which is miraculously fixed within hours. Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> um, but I think Joey and Chandler have sort of they're setting up a history of playing dangerous games in the apartment. But when he brings the lighter fluid in and the all that sort of stuff, it does it does feel like um, it's going to take a bad turn, doesn't it? And also eat away at any deposit that they have down on their. Floor. Yes, which they sort of freely admit they they've absolutely said goodbye to in the first place. Anyway, again, I don't want to dwell too much on Ross being awful, but when Ross rips up the tickets because Jerry hasn't finished the homework that Ross has set him because Ross is bored and doesn't have a you know it it really it is really bad Ross moment, isn't it? Yes, and it, it's just another example as well of Friends is very. Um, disposable use of tickets for things. People are ripping tickets up left, right and centre, aren't they? They're getting late notice tickets, they're deciding not to go, they're ripping them up. I always think in anything when people literally rip up a ticket, and it happens a lot in sitcoms and films, doesn't it? But that's... I don't think I would ever get to that stage. Even if I was having a big argument with somebody, I might threaten to rip up the tickets, but actually doing it is... Dick move. Feels very wasteful, Pete, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Tickets are not cheap. And yeah, the final final line of this that I just like to note, which makes me laugh out loud every time, is I am one sorry paleontologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is good. Heavy pencil. An actor of my experience, you just get run dry. A podcast sitcom with Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. I played, I played Edmund Gelder and he played Fanny Snatch. The Observer called it a lovely thing. Wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch. I'm not having any more of this. I need you to pull me off immediately. Heavy pencil from Great Big Owl. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And so to the inappropriate sister. Yes, this is a very funny Jennifer Aniston episode, I'd say. It is. The other thing is that we don't actually see any of the actual date, do we? We hear about the build-up to the date. The date happens and we don't see it, and then we see the aftermath. Yes, you're absolutely right. And, but, but it pa- suggested they had a lovely time. Yeah, this is a, this is classic Friends trope, though, isn't it? Where you don't have to see it, and therefore everyone comes off really well. Yeah. But, I mean, Danny does come off incredibly normally, doesn't he? Like, he seems very level-headed before we get to the inappropriate sister bit. Very level-headed, very self-aware, very sort of, yeah, like I say, as, as sort of normal as you can be. Um, especially within the sitcom world of Friends, where all the characters they date are a bit mad. You know, there's always something about them, isn't there? But no one's perfect, and therefore Danny's implied that he, he he's a bit too close with his sister. Yeah, and, and the strange thing about this is... And Actually, it, not even implied that, is it? I'll, I'll scrap that line, because it's not even implied, is it? It's blatant. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. It's right there. And there's a couple of things. One, even if, for the sake of argument, we accept that this is how they are together... You wouldn't do it in front of a stranger, would you? You wouldn't do it in front of someone you've just been on a first date with. Like, I guess everybody sort of might have things that they know have been perceived as weird. Because he comes on later, doesn't he, to go, oh, the special bond again. Why does everybody always have a problem with the special bond? Which is basically him saying, God, yeah, I've been told this loads. And I've not noticed, despite being fairly self-aware, that it's fucking weird. I do think the most uncomfortable bit the bit where they sort of have a bit of a wrestle in front of Rachel like okay that's a bit weird but the most uncomfortable bit is when he drops food on his trousers and she I mean to avoid the stain as they describe it setting on Danny's trousers like it's concrete they they immediately leave Central Perk like they've been told their home's burning down like she's like we must go now we've got to get these off you yeah, it's very odd, isn't it? I mean, it's already a slightly strange social dynamic, that, in the sense that Rachel has been on one date with this guy, and now her and her three friends are hanging out with him and his sister. Like, it's already... Everything's escalated a bit in that relationship, hasn't it? When was the last time um, When was the last time you wrestled Sarah Cribb? Uh, I mean, not <laughs> since I was... 12 I wouldn't yeah. have thought do you know what 12 is the age that I had in my head like we used to because uh, we used to watch a lot of re- actual wrestling when we were kids you know so I think uh, us and our friends would do sort of wrestling moves you know like you do as your kids but what I would say is what Danny and his sister are doing is very much not wrestling in any sense be it the normal traditional sense or the Monica and Ross sense it's just sort of play fighting isn't it's it it's tickling isn't it yeah it's like, it's it's the best flirty tickling. It's weird. It's too intimate. Like, wrestling between siblings as sort of the Ross and Monica thing shows, and that is a very funny, like, they have moments, don't they, in Ross and Monica of being 
like their sibling dynamic being very UK hun. But that is a very, that is a very funny one where they just do this. They've clearly got this thing that they do every day and they lock arms around their necks and properly basically try and hurt each other. Do you know my traumatic tickling experience, Dave? <laughs> I want to say no. It doesn't involve my sister. Okay, good. That's a good start. Oh, hang on. Just before we come on to it, when was the last time you wrestled your sister? Oh, um, I mean, she's four years older than me. And therefore, I imagine that she probably stopped wrestling before she was a teenager. So therefore, I was probably about eight. Sure. Okay. So yeah, a long, long time ago. Mm. Uh, sorry, go on. Tell me your traumatic tickling experience then. So I was once at a house party when I was um, about like 16, 17. I had a few, had a few WKDs. Oh, yeah. And I was sat on the floor with my feet out. And my friend Andy, he had his feet out opposite me. And I, like, I accidentally nudged his foot. And he really seriously was like, don't tickle me. I thought, oh, I, I wasn't. But his, his alarmed reaction to thinking he was being tickled. And because I'd had a few drinks, I thought it'd be hilarious to then like go yeah. for his foot. He did that and his um, reaction, automatic knee-jerk reaction, literal knee-jerk, was he kicked his foot out and broke my nose. Oh, my days. So that's how I broke my nose. Is it? You, yeah. tickled, you tickled a man. I, I I got a broken nose from tickling a friend. Oh mate, that is very extreme. Isn't and then it? I had to go get the last bus home, and was, <laughs> and then the following morning I had the photo taken for my driving license. Is that still your driving license? It's still the. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's still the photo. So you've got a, a new, a freshly broken nose from yeah. a, from a tickling incident. Yeah, and uh, still a little dent in my nose to this day. Oh mate, oh mate, that is that is I say that is a bad hangover of tickling, isn't it? Absolutely. Do you ever talk? Are you still friends with him? Uh, no, no, not spoken in a while. <laughs> uh, but no, no fallout. We were we were still friends after that. It's just you know, time came between us. Did you ever get to the bottom of why he hated tickling so much? No, no. Maybe his sibling uh, ambushed him very often. Very strange. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> uh, no idea. Uh, tickling, tickling, tickling. Yeah, so it's just so it's odd. Well, hang on, we need to. I think let's rewind right back to this plot line actually, because there's a lot to cover. So the I really, really, really enjoy the scene where uh, Monica sets Rachel and Danny up on the date in the first place. That's really well done by everyone. Rachel's pretending she doesn't know Danny. Um, the the bit where the, she goes, oh, he's coming over, he's coming over. Everybody pretend you don't know him, and they all immediately go, hey, Danny. Yeah. Um, and then Monica sort of has to act this whole thing out about setting up Rachel and Danny on a date. And then Rachel spots Danny, doesn't she, with another another woman getting off the subway. Um, and again, this goes back to we, what we learn about the siblings is that they have, have a very strange, curious relationship. But if you were to take a normal sibling relationship, I'd say a brother walking around with his arm around his sister having got off the subway is a bit weird, isn't it? Yes, I, I agree. That is, I, I, that is very... Close thing to do. It's, it's like so. If I were Rachel, I absolutely wouldn't imagine. I wouldn't describe it as in. I wouldn't describe putting your arm around your sister on a tube. I wouldn't describe that as inappropriate. No, but I would describe it as close. Yeah, like I'd say it's less common than it is frequent. What's the? What? <laughs> my brain completely ran out of steam there. I'd say it happens less often than it happens. What the hell am I trying to say? Do you, you know, know what I'm trying to say? No. I reckon it doesn't happen more than it happens. That's what I was basically saying. You reckon it doesn't happen more than... If you, you... To, if you to take all the siblings in the world and and monitor the them... The majority of siblings wouldn't do it. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
I'm a bit hungover today, Pete. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm actually, this is really bad, uh, a bad realisation in my life. I'm actually on a second day hangover. Oh, no. Like I had too many drinks on Friday and yesterday was an absolute write-off. And then today I still feel a bit guts. And that's the first time this has happened to me. And uh, I'm worried. Oh, dear. Well, stick with it. I will. I will. Anyway, like I'm making very lucid and valid and very clear points. Like it will happen more frequently than it doesn't happen more frequently than it does doesn't. But yes, <laughs> the majority of siblings, I'd say, absolutely wouldn't walk around with arms around each other, right? Yes, I agree. So what I was saying is there's no real reason that Rachel would even think, oh, maybe it's his sister, because that's a bit weird. It happens quite a lot, actually. It happened in The Vicar of Dibley as well. Yes, you're right, yes. Yeah. In the, in the sort of- he, he, she sees um, she sees the, the man that she loves with someone and is devastated, doesn't she? Yes, but he's got his arm around his sister, again, walking down a country lane and like a romantic stroll. And again, I remember thinking when I watched that Vicar of Dibley episode, I was like, it's a bit far-fetched that the siblings would be would be sort of wandering around like that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, of course, all in a... I was chatting to my friend about this. In a very pre-social uh, media world, whereas yeah. this problem would have been solved, Rachel's constant anxiety of the other woman. She'd have just jumped on his Instagram and been like, oh, oh, that's his sister. Bit weird that he's got his arm around her, but there we go. That's done. Done. End of Danny. End of da- well, not end of Danny. End of end of worry. Yes, no, but she- I mean end of Danny as a character. Oh, in this, yeah, yeah. This is our last time we see Danny, even though he lives in the same building. This mm. is another interesting thing. Uh, Danny's apartment is in a completely different position and looks completely different. Yes, I did think that. It looks a bit like Ross's first apartment, doesn't it? Yeah. So yes, it does. Absolutely right. And that's probably the set they used. It's thinking probably about literally it. that yeah. apartment. Yeah. <laughs> but in previous episodes, you know, the, the Yeti one where Rachel goes to knock on the door, Danny opens the door and there's just a wall behind him. Remember? Do you think they just couldn't be asked building anything? I think. I think what's happened is in the initial stages they just used Chandler and Joey's apartment because again, in the one with the Regatta Gala party. It's the exact same corridor, but, you know, the floor below or whatever. Um, and I think they've just used the exact same set and chucked a wall directly behind the door to disguise the fact that it's Chandler and Jerry's apartment. Good improvising. Good improvising. And then they decided to make Danny more of a character for one episode, which required them to build an entirely new set. So just reuse the one that Marcel used to live in. Exactly. I've forgotten about Ross's old apartment. Mm, there you go. What a little throwback that is, mate. Um... There's a tiny moment, and Monica and Chandler doesn't even feature in this episode at all, but there is a tiny moment where Chandler just escapes from Monica's bedroom, and I forgot... Yes, which, when you're watching Friends out of sequence, you're like, oh, that's the... It sort of places it in a in, in a period in Friends history, doesn't it, that that's a thing at this time? Exactly. It's, 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 it's such a nice... Just a tiny nod to the fact this story's ongoing, but we're absolutely not touching on it at all this week, you know? Yeah, of course. What I want to know, Pete, is what happened after... Danny and his sister start tickling each other on the couch. Because the next yes, we thing we see... we don't see Rachel leave, do No, we? does she just sneak out or do they stop tickling and then it gets back to being a normal date? Um, and, and here's the other thing. Danny actually says to Rachel in the corridor, I would invite you in, but my sister's here and she's asleep on the couch, right? It turns out his sister's awake, but what I can presume is that he only has one bedroom apartment, right? That's why she's sleeping on the couch. Therefore... Once he invites Rachel in, how is he expecting this to play out? 
Yes, you're right. Do you know what I mean? Like if the implication is, I would invite you in, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, for a bit of brother-sister action. But uh, (laughs) if if his idea was that he would escalate things, then his sister's in the living room, or he has to immediately sort of just be like, shall we we nip straight into the bedroom? It's a bit, this is kind of what I mean by how does this scene end? Because we don't see Rachel leave, and it feels like however that ended, she wouldn't be going back for a second date anyway. Mm, True. Uh, the bit in the coffee house that you referred to earlier uh, The rubbing she, of the trousers The rubbing of the trousers The uh. spilling of the thing Where she's she's Scooping it up with a finger and putting it in his mouth Like a number of times No, That's It's not just once It's a it? very difficult watch that is actually it's it's very So uncomfortable. uncomfortable It's exactly what I was about to say It's incredibly uncomfortable I just didn't really enjoy watching that scene But the payoff when Chandler goes, oh, I can't believe they're brother and sister, and Joey goes, they're brother and sister, is <laughs> excellent. There's a, there's a real, like, and it's and it's, it really nicely underlines the problem with the whole thing, because Joey's just assumed that Danny's got a girlfriend, because that's the only way that those two people would be acting like that in front of each other, you know? And Chandler's whole reaction while that is all panning out is great. It's sort of silent horror at it happening. Yeah, what, that's the only way you can get through that scene, isn't it, by watching the others reacting and just going, God, this is mad. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing I'd like to note from this storyline, Pete, is um, Rachel. So when Rachel sort of confronts Danny about it, and he is very aware of it, you know, people have said this before, blah, blah, blah. And don't forget, at this point, his sister is running a bath for them to share. Yeah. Like, there's... there's... <laughs> yeah, that was just they will be sharing the bath. Well... Yes, it is, isn't it? It I, is. Oh, she says, hurry up, the bath's getting cold, and sort of leans out of the bathroom. Not like... Not doesn't walk out of the bathroom and say your bath's ready, which would be one thing, and still weird. But she sort of invi- she's inviting him in, right? Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But while they're having this conversation, yeah. Rachel and Danny, she says, "I do have two sisters, and one does actually have a very masculine energy." Who's that then, Jill or Amy? <laughs> I was trying to think this, and I think I think um, I think Jill probably has the slightly more sort of bolshy. Yeah, but I wouldn't describe either of them as having masculine energy, really, would you? No, no. But there you go. Maybe that's just a continuity problem because we haven't met them yet, have we? That's true. Um, So any more inappropriateness to note from your side, Pete? No, I think that's the full full lot of uh, inappropriate sibling behaviour. I'd say... In response to this request, Jen, this is an, it is it is it is a good episode of Friends, and I enjoy a lot of the storylines, and I particularly enjoy the screenplay fireball stuff. But I think you'll agree with me, Pete. As a man with a sister, it's an incredibly <laughs> hard episode to watch on many yes, on many levels, and it's just quite uncomfortable. And I'm sort of glad we've removed it from the from the pile, so we never have to yeah. watch it again. Done. Let's forget about the inappropriate sister. See you next week. <laughs> what a note to end on. Greatpigowl.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, 
you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.